Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 141. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I'm your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Lots of exciting stuff happening these days. It finally feels like live music is really back. We've got lots of interviews coming your way. Some of you may also know that I do some live music photography for a couple of our local radio stations here in Toronto. This week I got to get back out there and I got to photograph Slipknot, which is one off the bucket list. Also the first amphitheater show of the season, which got me so riled up. And I'm just so, so pleased and relieved and bursting from the inside out that live music is back. And today we have one hell of an artist on the podcast. He's a singer and songwriter originally from Montreal. His name is Forrest Black, and he is writing some of the most beautiful love songs that I've heard in years. If you haven't heard his song, If You Love Her, then you need to look that up immediately. And if you don't want to cry a little bit the first time you hear it, then there quite possibly might be something broken inside you. So I I met up with Forrest uh, at a recording studio here in Toronto uh, the day after he was doing a gig with Dean Lewis at the Danforth Music Hall. And he's such a personable guy and uh, a great interview, loves to tell stories. And I really, really enjoyed our chat, so I'm very excited to bring this one to you guys. Before we jump into the interview, let's do the Adamantium Recommend segment. So here are five of my favorite Forrest Black songs. So usually I like to kick this off with something new, and Forrest has a brand new single that just came out a couple weeks ago. It's called Give You Love. And this one's like an anthem, and it is absolutely beautiful. Then I'm going to recommend a song that he put out last year in 2021. It's called Fall Into Me. And then I'm going to recommend a couple singles he put out in the year 2020. The first of which is that song I mentioned earlier, If You Love Her. And the second is a song called Sideways, which is on an EP of the same name. And lastly, I'm going to recommend what I think is Forrest's first single. came out in 2017, and it's a song called Love Me. And that's that. So uh, chances are you are a Forrest Black fan already if you're listening to this podcast episode. And if you are, if you're tuning into this podcast for the very first time today, first of all, thank you so much. We love having you. And we would love for you to stay a while and check out a few other episodes. So please do hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. But no pressure, although I am saying it, so yes, pressure. And you can follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We are on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. And of course, all your follows and subscribes and five-star reviews are all greatly helpful and much appreciated in building this podcast and getting even more great talent on the podcast. So, uh, thank you. Let's jump into today's episode with Forrest Black, and that's episode 141 of the Adamantium Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you very soon. Like I said, we have so many interviews coming your way. I'M BACK, BABY! That's how this interview starts, it's me pouring you Yeah, real uh, sound effects. Canadian hospitality. Real foliage. Bam. There we go. You're pouring me water. It should be the other way around. Yeah, man. I got Thank you covered. You. I'm, I've been out of the States for a week, so I'm back to my Canadian hospitality. I just, yeah. I just got back from the States, actually. 
I was in. We did a month long road trip through Cal, like through the Southwest. Okay. Was, yeah, California, Arizona, Nevada, Utah. Did you go through the redwoods? We started up in the redwoods, but a lot of it was closed because of the fires. So Perfect. I know. Uh, we did get to some parts of it though, but we we started there. We started in San Fran okay. and made our way down. I've heard that people so. in San Francisco don't like it when you call it San Fran. Oh really? I don't know. Oh, if it's I'm true. glad I didn't say that when yeah. I was there, or maybe I did and they didn't like me. But <laughs> they kicked you out. They closed all the they roads down. It. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, but it was sweet. That's where I got. I got engaged in Joshua Tree. Oh wow! So, yeah, just so. now. Uh, a month ago. Oh yeah. shit! Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It was, wow. Yeah. So, anyways, we're here uh, with Forrest Black. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. That's a privilege. And congratulations on uh, this new single. They're on tour. Sounds like things are going real well right now. It's going a particular way, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a it's half strange and half amazing being two and a half plus years out. Yeah. Of not touring and not doing anything. Yeah. So like my first time like not having a mask on and like being around this many people. It's right. Crazy. And also interesting because you had uh I mean we'll get to all that, but you had a hit at kind of like the time. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. Where the time where it's like <laughs> it's great to have a hit, but I can't really do anything with that hit. Right? Well, there's yeah. a few things. There's like it's yeah. layered because like for the most part all my other musician friends were like, "Hey man, all this downtime is so awesome." And yeah. I'm like, "What downtime are you talking about?" Yeah. Like my time went crazy. I've had yeah. no downtime. So it's been yeah, it's a trip. And then not being able to get out and seeing fans. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was supposed to tour at the Goo Goo Dolls twice. Mm. I released an EP. Mm-hmm. Like, I, right as the pandemic was, ha- pandemic yeah. was happening, I, I came out yeah. swinging. Yeah. And luckily, you know, one of the songs stuck. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, because what a time to have a, have a hit. And you just want to be on tour. So are you going to get to go back with the Goo Goo Dolls? No, they, they, they had to reschedule, I think, I think three October times. Now Blue or October now Yeah. It would have yeah, been me so. and Lifehouse. Okay. And then it was going to be me, Lifehouse, or me, Blue October, and yeah. Goodalls. Then it was just like, yeah. I think when you cancel that many tours, they're just like, we just need to get on we the road. We need to get out on the road, yeah. And crazy with Blue so. October, man. I, I ended up on a live live stream of their, their lead singer. I think his name is Justin. Justin, yeah. And so I'm on like a live stream, and I just, this is like the most serendipitous, like synchronistic moment. He starts talking about me and starts singing my song. Really? It was crazy. If you love her, he was. Yeah, yeah. it was nuts. It did, like, like I just, like, I've never been on a Blue October live stream before, right. and it just for whatever reason that day. Oh, like you were watching one of theirs. I, was, I thought you meant I, you were on it. No, oh, I was wow. just a participant. Oh yeah, I was, like, how like, serendipitous I was sitting is that? In there, yeah. Again, it's pandemic times. There's nothing yeah. to do. Everyone's doing live streams, and I just see Unreal. a Blue October live stream. Yeah, and I'd followed them because of tour and yeah. whatnot, and then. You know, and I think they're great, of course. I think Justin's fantastic. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, and so then all of a sudden I'm watching it, and, and like, it, I just, I'm in at the right time, and all of a sudden he starts singing my song, and I'm like, this is, this is blowing my mind. Yeah. And I'm just a kid from Canada who, like, tried. Yeah. yeah. And it's working, so I'm freaking out. That's pretty cool, man. That's a good story. That song, uh, I mean, now it's been remixed. It's There's a, a Megan Trainer version of it, and, I mean, that song just... I mean, I, that was later part of the interview, but let's, let's, we're talking about it right now. So let's, let's talk about in. it. Let's talk about it right now. So that, I mean, that song must have just absolutely changed your life. It, it's like, yeah, it's a constant thing. Tell me, tell me how the wheels start. Tell me where it started. And then all of a sudden when it started to pick up steam and like, when well, did you I mean, realize, it's, it's, oh shoot, I got something here. I think like as a songwriter, like every time you're in a session and you write a song mm-hmm. that you love, you come out going. So well, I did, sure I did the thing. Yeah. You know, you know, there's so many like variables to make a song work, I guess. It's just like I've worked with so many people and, and incredible songwriters all around the world, you know. Um, and you always ask them in the room, like, or I do at least. Mm-hmm. Like, so did did you know? 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. did, you, did you know you wrote that right. song? And it's like my friend wrote Thinking Out Loud with Ed or, right. you know, like you, you have all these massive people. And they're all like, no, it's yeah. you all think the same thing. Like this, this is special. And so with If You Love Her, there's nothing different than that. I was in like a, the worst way possible. I was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. You know, I was engaged to be married and that that engagement broke and, you know, mm-hmm. we were no longer together. And the next thing you know, I find myself going from living in Europe in this house with my dog and my fiance to mm-hmm. then living out of the back of a rental car in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it's humiliating and yeah. emasculating. I'm like, damn, I'm, this is not what I intended for my life. Right. And I did the only thing I thought I could do. I was like, I'm just going to write, mm-hmm. you know, and I had all these feelings. I needed to get them out. And so... Nevertheless, I'm like, what am I going to do with this busted heart of mine? And I end up at my buddy's house. And, you know, I'd, I'd been going through this breakup kind of with my songwriter friend. Right. So, like, what's happening this week? Mm-hmm. It's, it was like a new episode every right. week of what, what what's going on. And I'd gone on this, like, month-long trip to Australia and, you know, was trying to, like, you know, rekindle of sorts or see mm-hmm. if there was something that could be there between my ex and I. And, and there was nothing. And so I remember flying back to Los Angeles and, you know, the relationship had really come to an end and I was super defeated. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to my buddy Steve's house and, you know, I was like, here's, here's it, here's the update, man, it's over. And when I wrote If You Love Her, it was from this place of like, you know, whoever meets your partner, like, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to say negative things about them. Mm-hmm. And I loved my time with my ex. It was so mm-hmm. amazing until it wasn't right but all that amazing time that kept you together that's what i wanted to honor and so mm-hmm. i wrote all the things about her and, and it wasn't just her it's kind of every person like yeah i see you these are the things about you that meant something that i did see mm-hmm. and so hopefully whoever hears this song and and they get to know you maybe they love you this way yeah from the get-go like yeah. they don't have to climb through all those like mountains and hurdles to get to know you mm-hmm. they can just get it from from this point on and mm-hmm. you might feel that love that you were looking for because i wasn't it right and um it's taken on a whole life of its own and so it's like to be a hit like you know this it came out and i'm you know i was like getting you know 100 streams at any given time maybe mm-hmm. 30 40 streams right. at any given time and all of a sudden there's thousands yeah and then like watching it like first day out the gate and there's like yeah. forty thousand streams and you're like, yeah holy cow and it just kept going and then watching people become fans of the song and then writing their story into it Mm -hmm. you know and like people would see the music video and see a different layer to it the the music video is more about a dad walking his daughter down the aisle Mm -hmm. you know but he's obviously not alive he's like hey like he's like i I, if you're gonna marry my daughter this is who she is okay and so that song kind of took on all those forms well i mean it's the beautiful thing about a song love that you know, to each person, it's interpreted a different way. Yeah, and that, that was the whole thing. I've been calling yeah. it the echo. You know, it's right. like you, you feel like you climb this mountain of mm-hmm. a song, you know, a hit, so to speak, or any song, and you do, you know, you do justice to the song. Mm-hmm. You really write those feelings, and all of a sudden you put it out in the world, and you don't know if you're going to hear an echo back. It's like mm-hmm. you've climbed this big mountain in your heart and in your life, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you yell out from the top, like, I'm broken, or I feel this, or I got these motions. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you hear something come back and someone goes, me too. Mm -hmm. And that was like, that's the massive shock. And so that's what kept happening with If You You Love Her. And next thing you know, it's Christmas time and it's me, Ed Sheeran and Mariah Carey taking the top three spots on on the charts. And then it goes to radio and it starts blowing up at radio. Mm -hmm. And and then I'm sitting in my house and, you know, still dealing with the pandemic and can't do anything other than live stream. I know. Isn't that like such a high and such a low? It was such a mixed bag of emotions, you know? And like, 
And then I just get a DM from Megan Trainer being like, yeah. I love this song. And then she's like, send me a text. I, I wrote a verse. Yeah. And I'm next thing you know, I'm texting with Megan Trainer. Yeah. It's a trip. It's, this yeah. is all of like, it's so surreal. surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. And, it's a trip. And I think, too, the, I mean, how we were saying how the, the song can be, you know, is interpreted by each person or each couple the, the way they see it. Um, you have like a version of the video that has all these different love stories. And I thought that was kind of a, a very beautiful way to almost surmise that song because it does apply to each person in their own way. Yeah, well, like I was saying, it starts with me, you know? Like, yeah. I think as a songwriter, you have to be a bit selfish first. Of course. I think it's yeah. kind of like probably, I'm not I'm not a parent, but yeah. I imagine parents feel the same. Like, you got to be selfish to be selfless, right? Mm-hmm. So I think with the song, that that's what it was for me. I really needed to get my emotion out. Mm-hmm. But once the song's written, it's not mine anymore. Right. It's, it's for everybody mm-hmm. else and how they want to hear it and see it. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, like, being on tour now, like, I'm out with Dean Lewis and watching thousands of people every night sing it back to me it was Mm -hmm. a shock like we played orlando was the first show and we get on stage and you don't know what you're walking into this is Mm -hmm. my first tour out the gate since everything shut down and all these songs like i've released a whole catalog of songs i've got my first dp minutes my second dp sideways i got all these spoken words that i do Mm -hmm. and then if you love her of course and so we play through the set and then we get to if you love her and without asking or, or or anything, the crowd starts putting all their lights up in the air, and then we get to the end of the song, and they just sang it back, wow. and it was like, wow, because you don't hairs you know, on their neck standing, shivers oh, it's down your crazy. spine, yeah, because yeah, you don't, you know, when people say the word hit, like what does that mean? Right, you know, it's it's so mm-hmm. it's such a loose term, but I think as the artist, having people sing it back like that, right. that's when you feel a certain way. You're like, mm-hmm. damn. Like, it really means something yeah. to them. And then, of course, after the show, like, every show, I'm the last to leave a venue. I talk to every fan. I, mm-hmm. I'm i obsessed with, like, fans yeah. and interactions and, like, my community of people. Yeah. Like, I even put my phone number out for people to text me. Yes, so. yeah. So it's like, yeah, you get to the end, and then all these people will come to you. And it's it's not just, like, you know, the 13-year-old kid, but it's, like, a, a 13-year-old kid, a 75-year-old mm-hmm. woman. Like, mm-hmm. And they come up to you, and they're like, uh, this song is my first dance with my daughter, or this is yeah. my dance with my husband, or mm-hmm. or my wife, or this is what made us fall in love again, or mm-hmm. we were broken up for two years and we found each other again because of your song, and you're like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be overwhelming. It is like, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. It's so special, man. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. You know, I even seen on... I was going through your, your Instagram last night uh, in preparation for this, and there was even just some from this tour, I saw some of the videos that you guys have been posting, and there was one in a, that stood out to me that was in Charlotte, I think, and it was... You, you, you were guitar shopping or whatever yeah you started singing it for a lady in the store and she's like crying in the store and i think her daughter was getting married yeah it was like so I, I walked into the store it, it i've been following this like kind of weird line mm-hmm. of synchronistic stuff for a while mm-hmm. you know like when stuff happens and you're like that's really bizarre that's it's too coincidental i'm like yeah. is it maybe there's something in it but we we end up at guitar center we were we lost some cables and I'm like, maybe I want to buy a new guitar, which mm-hmm. is very rare. I'm not, I guess I'm so Irish, I don't spend any money on myself. And so I'm like, but today I think I want to buy a guitar, yeah. like a mini guitar to, to yeah. play on the road, and uh, which I haven't played since I bought it. Yeah. But so we walk in, and yeah. I'm like trying out all these guitars. And so next thing you know, I'm standing at the cash, and there's this woman in front of me, and I'm like just kind of hemming and hawing. And, and she starts talking to me, and I, I'm like, 
figuring out what she's doing there. You know, it's like getting to know strangers. Mm -hmm. And um, she's like, yeah, I'm here. My daughter's getting married and we're picking up a PA. And I'm like, oh, you might hear my song at at the wedding then. Yeah. Just jokingly. Yeah. And she's like, oh, what's the song? And I'm like, let me just play a little bit of you. It's probably easier than just saying it. Yeah. And as soon as I start playing it, her eyes like button up. Yeah. And she starts crying. Yeah. And she knows the song. She knows who I am. Yeah. Which, this is crazy. I'm in the middle of a right. of a guitar center in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere, yeah. You know, I don't, I've never been there before. Couldn't tell you where it was again. Yeah. And uh, she starts bawling her eyes out. And she's like, she freaked out. And, you know, when stuff like that ha- happens, like on tour, it's such a special thing. You can connect with these people. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, just you and your daughter, I'll give you free tickets. Come to the show. Yeah. And she was over the moon. And then she didn't just go there. She, she brought the whole bridal party. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we dedicated the song to yeah, her yeah. On, on stage. And then they used it at their wedding. They danced. Amazing. It. It was, amazing. It was, it's so special, man. It's, yeah. Again. I mean, actually, I, I have a story of my, well, not not a story, but uh, my now fiance, I used that song in a video I sent to her on our one year anniversary. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I kid you not. Yeah. Wow. So, and that's before I was even Warner ever contacted me to to do this interview with you. Yeah. Wow. I said, yeah, I, I love that song. And that's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have it on my phone. I'll show, yeah. That's but, crazy. Yeah. So, um, it was that was one of our songs. That one and the other one was "Missing Piece" by Vance Joy. I mean, that's the two other that can. And it's interesting. Two Warner artists, right? You know? True, right? And it's funny because I did an interview with Vance Joy, and again, the the uh, the meaning to a song to him that was because he in the pandemic he was separated. His his girlfriend lives in Barcelona or something. He couldn't be there, and that's why he wrote that song. Oh wow! And to me, it was I felt like you know this girl was something I'd been missing for so long and uh anyways yeah so and again another interesting but yeah i used when we I, I sent her a video on our first anniversary and that was the song i used that's so crazy yeah. so there you go i'm honored man yeah there you go yeah i just thought it was you know i had to tell you while i was here that's so cool uh, uh now you have a new single that literally came out days ago yeah um, give you love just, give you just love which, during during a tour which and is wild. I, I, I love that song too man I only, I only heard it yesterday for the first time and i was like same i'm absolutely in love with it yeah you know, it, it is it's a it is fantastic i love the the chorus melody um so tell i wanted the first thing i want to ask you is tell me about the moment that that line whatever you give me i will give you love tell me when that came to you yeah well we're just, i was writing it with two of my friends so my buddy david hodges and steve solomon some of my like my closest writing buddies and um we were just sitting there, I think as all songwriting sessions, like I'm so in love. Like mm-hmm. I, I got an incredible girlfriend. My whole life has turned around and things feel great. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm notorious for writing lots of sad songs, but I don't right. feel too sad. Right. I feel pretty happy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in talking about my girlfriend and talking about, you know, what the pandemic's been like for her or life, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us go through these ebbs and flows. We go through ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about, you know, falling in love with Thule and that's my girlfriend's name and uh, being with her is as her partner, I've watched her go through those things. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us feel like, you know, if we show who we really are, if we Mm -hmm. take off the face that we wear, then maybe the people that we love will maybe not love us as much, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think the Mm -hmm. world is so intense all the time. You got to kind of keep your footing, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're at a a day and age where it's like one slip. You can really feel the weight of that. And so with this course, it was, it was just saying like, you can, you can have a terrible day. Mm-hmm. You can be depressed. You can be happy. You could, the wheels could fall off the bus mm-hmm. and I'm there. Yeah. And so whatever you throw at me, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw love back. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I think it's kind of like an anthem just to be yeah. with the people that you love to say, hey, yeah. un- unconditionally, I got your back. And for me, that's the biggest reflection of what I feel with her. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I've been, I'm very vocal and open about mental health. I'm very vocal mm-hmm. about what I experience and what I didn't know I was experiencing. So like my whole upbringing i was undiagnosed bipolar i didn't know Mm. and so the things i was feeling to me felt so so wildly normal but but they weren't Mm -hmm. and even that word it's it's been hard to get that out because Mm -hmm. i I still feel like it's so stigmatized like people don't know what it means it just really means i have a Mm -hmm. massive dynamic range of emotion emotion, yeah and so you know unfortunately i don't have bipolar one where you know and for for a lot of those people they suffer with a lot harder symptoms mm-hmm. you know, for me it's a little bit a little bit easier to manage but all that to say going through the ebbs and flows of my depression and my anxieties mm-hmm. and like the manic episodes where you you know you you feel euphoric for for too long mm-hmm. and watching Tuli love me through it and and be there for me and for her to say hey like i'm never abandoning i'm not jumping ship mm-hmm. what that has felt like right. and so again this is just a long-winded way of saying that that chorus and that whole song is a mirror to her yeah. and what she does for me and me just saying it back to her, really. And it really does feel anthemic, like you said. I actually almost felt, and, and I thought it was interesting that we're meeting in a record studio that was a church because it almost felt like had a very like gospel-y almost type of feel Probably, to the melody. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I think anytime you yeah. feel support, right? That's, right. that's kind of like, and that's the thing. It's, yeah. a, it's a love song, but it's mm-hmm. like... You know, and and there's there's a part of the song like where, where one of my favorite lines in the song, which I don't normally point out, but you know, your smile is an ocean. I'm living yeah. in your waves. I just love yeah. life's a trip, man. I don't yeah. know what we're doing. It's it's all a big giant journey, and yeah. I'm just in it. But and it's so. funny how even just uh, I say that to my girlfriend too. It's like sometimes you know I just catch a look, you know that a certain look that they give you, and they don't even know it. And like, I think that kind of captures what you're saying. Yeah. You live in that, that wave. That's that is it. just that look. That's you know? it. And it's all of a sudden, no matter what you were thinking about before, that, you know, that look is something amazing. That's it. There's and power I, in that look. I, you know? I think so, too. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's the chorus, right? Like, you yeah. know, give, give me crazy, you know, yeah. all you're amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you give me, I'll yeah. give you love. Yeah. So I love it. That's... Me too, man. I'm, and I hope... Uh, you know, I hope I hope it gets it gets heard because it is a beautiful. I mean, song. it's been yeah. it's the biggest mm. song out the gate so far. Oh, okay, great. So it's like because it's, it's what five days old or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So like, what's really crazy for us as artists, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I can see what it's doing. Yeah, I've always wondered long. how you know. So for me, like that's since it came out just in a couple of days right. ago. We have over a quarter, quarter million, million. fifteen hundred people listening, listening right, right this now. second. That's amazing. I've never seen from an artist. Here, hold perspective. this. Check this out. So in yeah. my, this is a Spotify for artists. Yeah. So every time you feel a, um, a oh yeah, a half that's someone that's streaming. actually people listening. Wow. How, how crazy cool. is that? I've never seen from like the artist side what it looks like. I try not to obsess about numbers, right? But, but yeah, I think the you thing can go down a rabbit hole that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, the thing that dawned on me this past year, you know, I was looking at if you love her because it's mm-hmm. crazy. It's like you know, I think I have like four hundred million streams right. worldwide collectively, and it it this year alone, I think it was eighty four million or something like that, mm-hmm. and it hit me. That was like twenty five hundred years of life. <laughs> that's wow. what that was like yeah. the, that's what that equates to yeah it, like was shocking and you know, when i look at lifetimes this, it is that someone's listened to this listen yeah. to this you know and like i yeah. see right now like, there's 1515 18 1519 people listening yeah. it's just going up 
those are real people listening. Yeah. It blows my mind. And like, it's funny, like, do you ever think where where those people are right now? Yeah, they're Not all... Not only where in the world, but what they're doing What right they're doing, yeah. you know, like, are they yeah. falling in love? Are they, are they going through the heartache of it Yeah. All? It's just this weird thing for me. It's not weird at all, actually, but it's just this incredible connection to the people yeah. out there. Because I think, you know, for me growing up, it was a bit difficult at times, and I just wanted to feel visible, and mm-hmm. I, this, this makes me feel incredibly visible. Yeah. And in turn... I hope it makes people yeah. out there feel the same thing. So it's it's just blowing my mind. Right. Yeah. Um speaking of growing up too, you you grew up in Montreal. Yeah. But you also spent some time in Florida and Jamaica, I read. Yeah. And then you also said you've got Irish blood well, I'm, I'm, I got the Irish blood, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, me look too. at me. That's I'm, where my parents I look are from. Like a, yeah. I look like a redheaded potato. Yeah. <laughs> That's where my parents are from, too. Actually, funny enough, my... But you my, have, the, you have the, if you got that black hair, then you got the Spanish-Irish, right? Well, you know what? It's it's funny because, like, so my my first girlfriend was a redhead, and she was Italian, and everyone used to think I was the Italian one and she was the Irish one. Well, I'm Irish-Italian, so, so I'm mixed. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm... I No, we're pure, pure Northern Irish, like... Gen- I broke a long lineage of Irish people, but funny enough, this is actually the neighborhood my dad grew up in when he oh, moved to Canada. Oh, crazy! Yeah, and which is it was uh, that's when I was told it was here. I was like, that's a random neighborhood, but yeah, wild. So yeah, and but anyway, so growing up in Montreal, these are all very different places: Florida, yeah. Jamaica, very different cultures. Has that? Tell me how that kind of played into your life and and your outlook in life and and even how you write music. Yeah, I mean, it it, it played a massive role for me. Mm -hmm. Not so much being, you know, Florida, I mean, not so much. You Mm -hmm. know, what I I remember most of being in Florida, I was like nine years old and my mom would always blare like Guns N' Roses and R.E.M. Amazing. November Rain and Losing My Religion. Losing My Religion. Those two songs were like, that's your mom's that's florida that was her okay you know for me that's what it takes you back to yeah okay. if i hear those songs i can yeah. i can you know sit back in the convertible that she had driving to school in the morning but jamaica we lived on and off like we'd go there for really long periods of time mm-hmm. and you know, i went to like my first school was there okay so what brought you guys to jamaica that's a that's a much more complicated okay. right. long okay. story so, but yeah yeah, you yeah, ended like up in Jamaica. Okay. Ended up in Jamaica. The, the past was always hard. You know what I mean. Okay. My, my family and my upbringing. It's it's easier to go and read about it, I suppose. But, right. Okay. You know, with my with my, I mean, yeah. For I guess for the sake of saying it. So my father was a criminal. He was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And we were the consequence of his actions. And so he brought us down there. Okay. You know, so we didn't know as kids what was going on, but there mm-hmm. was a lot going on. Yeah. And so, which all we later found out, and you know, that's always been a difficult. But it sounds like you're feeling. able to pull some good out of wherever you ended up. I you did, know, like, you know, but it's been a long, complicated like, process of learning how to talk about it. Because I mm-hmm. think like anything, you feel shame, you feel guilt mm-hmm. for the actions of people, of, yeah. you know, and then how that affected you. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, all of this affected how I became an artist. I right. didn't know I could be an artist. I mm-hmm. didn't know I could be a musician. This came much later on, far later than most people, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I picked up a guitar really for the first time, like to learn how to play at 21. Okay. So... But being in Jamaica, one one of the unique things about it was reggae music, mm-hmm. and I felt captivated by, you know, like you said, with "Give You Love," that it's almost church like. Mm-hmm. Well, if you ever see like a reggae show, it mm-hmm. really is. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. It's yeah. it's really inclusive. It's community and how they pull you in. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of how I like to entertain is rooted in that. Right. You know, I started a reggae band years and years ago. Say, you got a Juno Nama yeah, in a reggae a, band. a long time you? ago. Yeah. That was the first time. And, you know, and it was really special to, to come out. And I, I realized in learning how to be a reggae artist, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, and I don't even, I learned it was part of me, I suppose. Right. But becoming that, 
I realized that what I loved about it was the entertainment part. But mm-hmm. what I was was a songwriter and just wanted to write songs. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, go from that point to then sitting in, you know, our upstairs room at my house when I was a kid listening to like Eagles records and mm-hmm. stuff like that and learning how to sing because there was, you know, I'd, I would sing to like Desperado with mm-hmm. Don Henley mm-hmm. and I would be singing with him. Felt like I was yeah. part of the band, mm-hmm. you know, and then discovering bands like Nirvana and, you know, it just kept going. And mm-hmm. I just realized along the way that I'm just a storyteller. Right. And so with the reggae band, I, you know, I, 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 retired that band and mm-hmm. I needed two years to kind of collect myself and mm-hmm. find out who I really wanted to be. And then I'm sure that how did, how did that experience of working with that band kind of set you when you went off on your own and, and how you decided what type of music I want to make for my, on my yeah, own? Yeah. Well, the song that, that got me nominated for Juno as part of that record wasn't a reggae song. Okay. It was, you know, it was an authentic song about my experience growing up with my mom and, mm-hmm. you know, my mom's addictions and, things that she went through and you know it was the first time putting words that meant like that were really deep Mm -hmm. and rooted in my story that I put out into the world and it was the first time I heard that echo back Mm -hmm. people would sing it back to me and that was the first time I felt that and so that was the music that I was gravitating towards it was giving me Mm -hmm. what I was looking for you know again I love reggae music I'm, I'm such a fan of it and I love the experience of reggae music. But what I loved as an artist mm-hmm. was the affirmation for being able to tell my story authentically. Mm. And so that really struck a chord with me. And so I took a two-year hiatus to, to catch my breath and really figure out mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like I said, I was undiagnosed and going through a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff and feeling the waves of all that. And so I had this opportunity to reinvent myself and to to pick who I wanted to be mm-hmm. and make a choice and then actively live into that choice of who that person is. And so along with that choice was you know coming back to music. I didn't know I was going to be music mm-hmm. in music again as an artist. I, I knew I'd probably do something in the industry, but when I had enough time away and I f- I really figured out who I was and who I who I wanted to live into, I realized as I picked up my guitar again, that songs were coming out really fast. Mm-hmm. And it was just, oh, here's a story about me. Here's a story about this. Here's a story about this, rather than just entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I find myself now. And, yeah. you know, I think maybe that's a testament you, to when people say... Do you have a process? Because, I mean, you can tell from your songs that they come from very deep... Like a songwriting place. process? But do you, like, when you feel, when you're feeling something... Is there a process you need to go through from getting that feeling onto paper and then to melody? To, to be honest, for me, it's yeah. just letting go. Okay. I worked, so there's this, my first co-writing session was with this guy named Paul Berry. And Paul mm-hmm. Berry's this like small, tiny little Scottish man. He's so awesome. And he, he works out of Ripley in the UK. Mm-hmm. And so I get there and I walk in. He looks at me. He's like, ah, Forrest, I, I checked your music out last night. Loved it, mate. I wrote three songs about for you. you can, if you like him, use him. If you don't like him, start from scratch. No problem. Mm-hmm. He goes, actually, how do you like to write music? And no one had yeah. ever asked me this before. Right. And I was like, I, I, I don't know, Paul. I just, I, I just kind of freestyle. Yeah. And then what comes out, I record it, and then I go back and listen to it. He goes, yeah. oh, God's mumbles. Let's do that then. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I like never That's forget. Like, Sounds I, like a Scottish person's voice. Very, line, very Scottish. Think. And he's yeah. like such an incredible great. man, and he's done so many Great accent, things. by the way. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't offend any Scots out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was it. So that, that's my process. Yeah. You know, I, I you just kind of... I pick up a guitar. As soon as I pick it up, I just let go, and I try and hear mm-hmm. whatever this is that's talking. Right. I just try and capture it. And then, like, if a line like the whatever you give me 
I'll give you love. Uh, yeah. When you get that, are you like, oh shoot, like <laughs> where's no. the paper? Like, <laughs> no, no. Uh, what I, what, it's a bit different in songwriting yeah. rooms with your friends, right? Okay. So what I've I've found as a songwriter is that when you do co-writes, some people are editors, some people mm-hmm. are writers, and that that role switches. Yeah. Sometimes someone else can be a writer, and I can be an editor. Mm-hmm. For for the most part, in my world, I'm typically the writer, mm-hmm. and as long as people let me go, mm-hmm. then. I can I can go crazy. Okay. And then people are trying to capture all the words they that come out. Well. All right, okay. There's just something about the way music in my brain works that mm-hmm. it just, it, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like learning pi to the 100,000th right. number. Okay, There's right. something about words that just, connect in my brain. And so, yeah, and then when it comes out, I typically record for an hour or two. Right. And, and, and then listen from, afterwards right. and go, what was what was it that was trying to be what said? Resonated, yeah. Because, you know, we all know what the feelings that we have every day are. Right. And I don't hide. I can't walk into a room and someone goes, "Hey, let's let's write about a, a, mm-hmm. a great sunny day," and, and you're having the, the crappiest day of your life. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I could. Maybe I could pick up a guitar and go. All right. All right. Like, yeah, I, I wrote the song with my friend Alex Hope, where it's uh, it's hard to write a sad song on a sunny day. Right. Yeah. And that, but that's that feeling. Yeah. Like trying to write a sad song when it's always sunny in L.A. Yeah. Is really difficult. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You had mentioned it before too about. You know, the feeling dictates what you will write about. And I remember, and I've mentioned this on the pod, but I remember hearing a uh, an interview with the guys from, like, Slipknot. And it was like some of their fans were upset because, like, your music's not angry enough anymore. <laughs> and they're like, well, now we're, like, we're grown men. We're married. We have kids. We're not that angry anymore. So, like, we it's hard to write angry music when you're not angry. We paid our taxes on time. Yeah, it's like, we're, yeah, it's, uh, you know. So, <laughs> but you ever, like... I also heard from an artist once that it was like they were climbing a mountain or something. They were on a hike in the middle of nowhere, no reception, nothing. It's my and this poster, song came to them. This song came yeah, yeah. to them, right? And they were like, I got to write this down. You know, oh, yeah. like, what do I do with this? You know, I don't want to forget it. So this has happened to me recently. Like, yeah? just, yeah, right before the pandemic happened, I, I write in my sleep, which is crazy. Wow. So I have okay. like apps to record everything that I do, mumble and all really? this. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And so I I was. I was in this dream and I was like, you know, doing the thing and I wake up in the morning and there's this little like snippet and I, I had a, a songwriting session that day, but I was going to write for my friends. Yeah. So I have my friends in Australia, they're in a band called Shepherd. Okay. And they had a massive song called Geronimo. And so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I know that song, yeah. so they were in town in LA and I was like, oh man. And so I called up my buddy Fakayo who were, I was writing with that day with Shepherd. And I raced to his house, and I'm like, man, I had this dream, and here's this voice note. Mm. He's like, mate, he's like, I, I put these chords down, and um, they're like the exact same chords to your melody. And I was like, this is a yeah. trip. Yeah. And so we have the voice note of this happening. It's a minute and 13, a one minute, 13 second voice note yeah. with him and I, and I, I just, I'm repeating the melody over the chords, yeah. and the song is born. Wow. And then Shepard comes in, and then, you know, we spend the day writing yeah. and making sure it feels good for them. And, of course, they're, they're writing as well. And, wow. and that became their biggest song last year. Wow. So it's called Learning to Fly. Which, learning to fly. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, like, that is so I love it. It's, it's yeah. always it's You're literally always working 24 hours. So you're, like, it working in your sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. It's productive. It's like <laughs> my, these mental health things became superpowers. Yeah, you know? that's so. it. Hey, that's... <laughs> if you can use them, right? That's you it. have to use them. You're that's Batman it. of songwriting. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing, man. Um, and we were talking about, you know, Surrealty 2, and we were talking about the Junos, and just recently you were nominated for 
a Juno for fans' choice too. Of all yeah, things. up against like Mendez, Bieber, Bieber the weekend. The weekend. Like, yeah, what did it feel like to see your name on that list for the? First it was time? a shock. I didn't know. Yeah. I had no clue. Really, I had okay. no clue that I was going to be nominated. I had no clue that I was part of it or even mm-hmm. in the running. I don't know. I had no clue if I was how. I don't know how these things work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just focused on writing all the time. Yeah. So it was a. So did you find out how? Like, how does fans' choice? Do people submit? I just found it online. Or, I don't know. But do they? Yeah. So you never found out. I gotta how. talk to. I gotta talk to. I gotta talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So yeah, to be nominated was an honor. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, Canadian through and through, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very proud to be Canadian. And so, to be nominated in Canada, for you know our biggest award ceremony as artists and musicians, to be nominated for that in particular is like. Incredible, mm-hmm. and then for fan choice, like I'm, I'm like I've said, I'm such a keener with my relationship with my fans. Yeah. So like anybody listening to this, you could text me three one zero four nine six thirty four sixty four. That's me. Amazing. I text every single fan every day. I spend a good chunk of my day just wow. messaging back with people. Very cool. So to be nominated for a fan choice, it felt, it felt really good. Mm-hmm. It was like it's a really big bout of affirmation to come my way to be like wow okay so i'm i'm being nominated for something i'm very proud of and mm-hmm. something i think is very sacred and so yeah it's an honor man that's cool that's an honor. and i think that is a a nice a nice note to wrap this interview on but i really appreciate you taking the time thank you so much yeah you know, i hope you make some more magic i see we're in a recording studio <laughs> so i was there's lots of magic yeah a lot of magic i'm gonna go write another love song so. beauty i love it man well thanks so much eh? thank you appreciate so much it. such a nice pleasure Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.